0: One of the key topics that Aristotle addresses again in Nicomachean Ethics Book 10 is the value of pleasure. There were some people in ancient times, just as there are in our own times, who thought that pleasure was the good, that is, Whatever is good is good because of that particular good. So we could call that the good with a capital G. Other people had different views of what makes something good. Aristotle, for example, sees all goods as in some way connected with eudaimonia or happiness. He is not going to accept the notion that pleasure is the good, although he certainly does concede that pleasure is a good. And what we're going to see him doing early on in Book 10 is what we call a dialectical examination of the various positions he brings up several arguments for that position, namely that pleasure is the good, and then he brings up some counter-arguments against that position, and he considers each of them in turn. And and some of the arguments that he doesn't consider to be particularly good arguments are going to be balanced by, or attacked by, or critiqued by other arguments that he also doesn't consider to be particularly good arguments. There's something wrong with them. So let's look at each of these in turn. He talks about Iodot who said all of these various points. Eudoxus argued that creatures all seek to obtain pleasure, so therefore it is the most desirable thing, and whatever is most desirable is the good. Aristotle thinks that there's something to this argument, but he's going to consider it a bit later. So how the argument concludes is that because of the fact that all creatures move in the direction of the same thing, that is pleasure, that thing is the supreme good good. That which is good for all, and which all seek to obtain, is the good with a capital G. So that's one argument. Another argument is that since pain is the object of avoidance for all things, everything insofar as it can feel pain, tries to avoid pain And we human beings. Most of all, we have painkillers, all sorts of other things that we use, you know, compensations for pain. That means that since pleasure is the opposite of pain, pleasure must be the good. If pain is what is primarily bad, since everything tries to avoid it, pleasure must be the highest good. Another thing that he brings up is the fact that pleasure is chosen for its own sake. And Aristotle has this interesting little quip in there. If you ask somebody, hey, why are you engaging in that pleasant activity? And they say, for the pleasure involved. And then you say, yeah, but why do you want that pleasure involved? Isn't there something beyond the pleasure itself that the pleasure is leading If they look at you with sort of a blank stare, Aristotle says, well, that's a healthy individual. He doesn't talk in these terms, but we could imagine somebody in our own time who rations out to themselves, I'll only allow myself this amount of pleasure this day because, you know, I need a little bit of pleasure in order to not feel totally upset about things. This could be a conscient. This could be somebody engaging in positive psychology. There's all sorts of ways in which we could frame this where pleasure itself becomes an instrumental good for for something else. And Aristotle says that that's not really the case. Pleasure is indeed something that we do desire for its own sake. So maybe there's something to that argument. Another uh, issue that's brought up is that, and this is an interesting argument as well, adding pleasure to some other good makes that good better. So why would this be the case? Presumably that would be the case precisely because pleasure is a kind of good that can be added to and therefore underlie all the other goods. You can increase the quantum of pleasure if we want to talk in a hedonistic or indeed in utilitarian terms about this sort of idea. So each of these is an argument that's being made for the good being pleasure. Not just pleasure being a good, but pleasure being the primary and fundamental good. Let's look now at some of the arguments made against this position, which are quite interesting. So, Aristotle says that one way to try to counteract this argument of saying that all creatures desire pleasure, therefore pleasure is is the best good, is to say, well, what all creatures seek isn't good. And Aristotle has something very interesting to say about that. He says, those who deny that that which all creatures seek to obtain is good are surely talking nonsense. For what all think to be good, that we assert is good. And he that subverts our belief to the opinion of all mankind will hardly persuade us to believe his own either. Now he makes some concessions. He says, well, maybe only the irrational creatures, that is, you know, bugs and dogs and pigs and things like that, maybe they're the ones that seek pleasure and human beings don't. And then he says, well, that's not the case. Just look around. Do human beings desire pleasure and seek out pleasure? We have entire industries in our own time basically founded on that. And Aristotle says earlier in the Nicomachean Ethics, we actually have crafts, technique, that are founded on producing pleasure, like the culinary arts. So it's clear that, that we do, in fact, desire some pleasure. So So he says, inasmuch as beings endowed with intelligence do so, how can this argument be right? And he also considers this issue of the argument of pleasure being the good because pain is the bad. Now, some people could oppose to that another argument, which is, in a certain respect, correct. They can say, well, evil can be opposed to evil, or it can be opposed to something that's neither good nor evil. So, if we know that pain is evil and pleasure is its opposite, that doesn't necessarily mean that pleasure is even good, let alone the good. So, this would be an argument used to just sort of you know, undermine that argument from opposites. And he says, if both pleasure and pain were in the class of evils, both would be of necessity things to be avoided. If in the class of things neutral, neither ought to be avoided or they ought to be avoided alike. But what does experience show us? People avoid pain as evil and choose pleasure as good. So this argument doesn't really hold up that well. It could indeed perhaps prove that pleasure is not the good, but it certainly doesn't prove that pleasure isn't good. So that's not going to work. Some of the other arguments that he brings up that people make against pleasure being the good are a bit metaphysical. So, you know, one is that pleasure is not a quality. That is, it's not in the category of topoion, quality, the way in which a thing is, so it's not good, and Aristotle says, well, just remember, we've talked about this in another video, good is spoken of in many ways, the category of good, that good overflows the categories of predication, so good can be in terms of substance, good can be in terms of quality, good can be in terms of quantity, good can be in terms of relation, and so on, and he brings up the specific example of virtues, and says, well, they're good. Now, of course, he does consider virtues to be, in a certain respect, a quality, so there's a little bit of incoherence in that argument. Here's another very interesting argument. The good, and this is a metaphysical principle, is definite. That is, it has boundaries. It's not just whatever we want to make of it. Pleasure, on the other hand, has degrees. And Aristotle says, well, yes, the good is definite, but the good also admits of degrees as well. One person can be more courageous than another person. And so courage admits of degrees. One person can be more just than another person. So justice admits of degrees. And courage and justice are forms of goodness. So this argument isn't going to work. He brings up another one as well saying health is a good thing, but health itself admits of degrees. You can be closer to being sick closer to being healthy. So that argument doesn't work very well either. Now we get to one that's very, very metaphysical. Pleasure is a motion or process of generation, and since no motion or process of generation is perfect, and the good, with a capital G, is perfect, pleasure cannot be the good. And Aristotle, I'm not going to go through the entire argument here. Aristotle says, well, your premise is incorrect here because pleasure is not a motion, a kinesis, and it's not a process of generation, a genesis. So you're starting with bad premises and anything you're going to infer from that is not really going to follow. Where we get to the argument that Aristotle is willing to accept as a good argument against pleasure being the good is an older one that we see coming up in Plato. Some of these other ones have come up in Plato as well. That is the disreputability of certain pleasures. If pleasure is the good, then that would seem to mean that every pleasure as pleasure is automatically good, is indeed the best thing that we can have. Everything else would be good insofar as it conduces to or contributes to or protects or provides pleasure. Aristotle says, not all pleasures can be looked at in the same light. We make differences between them. Some pleasures are considered to be problematic. And not just because they in some way interfere with or lessen other pleasures. So Aristotle says we could, in fact, weaken this argument. We could deny that these are really pleasant, for granted they're pleasant to ill-conditioned people, it cannot be assumed that they're actually pleasant except to them. This is something he's discussed in other places, the good person is the measure for what is genuinely pleasurable, or one may take the line that although the pleasures themselves are desirable, they're not desirable when derived from those sources. Just like wealth is desirable, but not if won by treachery or health, not at the cost of eating anything and everything, or we could say that these pleasures differ in specific quality. Those derived from noble sources are not the same as those derived from base sources. You know, we make a distinction also between friend and flattery. He's bringing up a lot of ways to sort of hedge this thing about the disreputable pleasures. But in the end, though, he says... It seems that pleasure is not the good and not every pleasure is desirable, but there are certain pleasures superior in respect to their specific quality or their source that are desirable in themselves. What does that mean? That shows that the very fact that we can bring up all of these provisos actually strengthens this argument against pleasure being the good. Now if we come back to some of these other issues over here, we could make sense of them, the arguments for that position. Certainly all creatures do desire pleasure. That means that pleasure is desirable in itself, but They don't always desire the right pleasures. Some creatures can be damaged. Human beings can be corrupted in in many different ways and desire the wrong pleasures. Pain is the object of avoidance. We've already dealt with that one. Pleasure is chosen for its own sake. Aristotle says, yeah, so are many other things. So is virtue, so is happiness, so is honor. That doesn't mean that pleasure is somehow encompassing all of those that would need to be proven. Adding pleasure to a good thing makes it better. Well, yes, but we could say the same thing about any other good thing. And As a matter of fact, the good is going to be so complete that adding pleasure to it is not going to make it better because the good will already be, you might say, complete in itself. So what do we have here? The pleasure is not the good, but pleasure is a good among a multitude of different goods. Now the question then is how do we understand pleasure in relation to these other goods?